0: When you're learning a new language, this is bound to happen. But don't worry, I'm going to give you strategies today that are going to help you with miscommunications in cross-cultural settings. What's up, X-Learners? Welcome back to our channel. This is the third installment of our five-part mini-series on Dealing with communication conundrums and the strategies that we're giving you are going to be part of your communication toolkit so that you can communicate more effectively with confidence, authenticity, and poise, especially in situations that are frustrating and sometimes scary and sometimes annoying, right? And this is what we mean by the communication conundrum. If you've watched the previous installments of this mini series, then you've probably noticed a theme. Our theme is about taking responsibility for our communication and also the outcomes. Sometimes they're favorable outcomes, other times they're not favorable outcomes, in which case they could be a communication conundrum. So as you know, our underlying theme with our strategies here is about assuming responsibility. That is so much more powerful than placing blame on the other person involved in this exchange or the other interlocutors or some other external factor like the weather or a different type of scenario. Ultimately, when we assume responsibility, we are more able to deal with figuring out what to do in the aftermath of that communication conundrum and then also to prevent it so that it doesn't happen in the future and this will make you a better communicator with stronger interpersonal ties. So we're all about looking inward, figuring out what we could have done better and then executing accordingly so that we take the reins of our communication and are so much more equipped to deal with communication conundrums when they happen. Today, our communication conundrum is cross-cultural miscommunications. Please don't shy away from cross-cultural interactions because of a potential communication breakdown. We are going to look at strategies that are going to help you deal with communication breakdowns in cross-cultural settings and even avoid them in some situations. These are inevitable when you're learning a language because you don't have the communicative competence yet to figure out what expressions, words, tones of voice, and even body language is appropriate within the given context. That is something you learn over time with astute observation, corrective feedback, and being in the country where that language is spoken so that you have really high quality input. Now, that is important when we want to master a language, right? A cross-cultural miscommunication stems from the gap in understanding that is tied to a linguistic component, a sociocultural component that comprises language, right? Because when you learn the language, you're also learning the culture. It is embedded in the culture. In other words, for example, a mispronounced word, an incorrect use of a word, a improper expression for that context, incorrect nonverbal. So the body language that you are using might not Mean what you think it means. It could even be a topic that is culturally sensitive that is considered taboo. But if you don't know that ahead of time and you broach that taboo topic, then that could be perceived as insensitive towards that given culture or country or group of people with whom you're interacting. All of these are part of what could potentially be the root cause of a cross cultural misunderstanding. So we really want to be aware of the cross-cultural component of communication. And today, our strategies are focused on assuming responsibility for communication that's gone awry in a cross-cultural setting, but then also equipping you with the tools you need to be able to address a cross-cultural misunderstanding in the future or even prevent it. So if you're new to this channel, then this will probably be the first time you hear this, but if you've been here for a while, then you've probably heard me talking about this. Language and culture are intertwined entities, right? So when we learn the language well, we also know the culture that it's embedded in. Now, language is a complex and dynamic system. So of course, there is a learning curve associated with figuring out what is correct to say in a given context in a given situation and that comes with time and it comes with being in that country and spending time with the people of that culture so when we're learning a new language we're bound to make mistakes and that is okay Sometimes the miscommunication is so small that it can be easily overlooked or forgotten. Other times it's a bigger deal and there might be a situation that calls for immediate attention. The point here is to figure out ways of dealing with it so that you're better equipped to navigate those hairy situations. And the more cultural awareness we have as communicators, the better off we are. Now, while cross-cultural misunderstandings are often inevitable, how we deal with the situation will depend on your degree of cultural awareness and how equipped you are to be able to deal with this kind of communication conundrum. And of course, our goal is to equip you with the strategies you need To make the situation better. All right, without further ado, let's jump right into it. So imagine that this is a cross-cultural misunderstanding in a professional setting. So there's some sort of business interaction taking place. So in light of our theme with these strategies, we immediately look inwards and we take responsibility for that miscommunication. So the first strategy is linguistic awareness. Now this has to do with the language that you use in your interaction. So it can be a great way to prevent cross-cultural miscommunications is by learning the appropriate greetings in that language. And then also the phrases, learning the key greeting phrases. Because this is a professional setting, you would want to know what is appropriate in a more business professional setting. For example, in in English, we wouldn't necessarily say, hey, or what's up in a business exchange, right? So every language will have a different register that they use according to the appropriate context. So that is what we are looking to understand, right? And that just will depend on your ability to research, right? Ask the people that you're interacting with, search information about it ahead of time, whatever you can do to learn about the key language phrases. The second part of this is figuring out what the key phrases are within your industry. So it's a professional setting. You're doing some sort of business. Let's say you're in the fashion business, then you would probably want to learn about the lingo used in that language, in that culture that has to do with fashion. Maybe you're in sales. You need to know the language that they use, the expressions that they use when doing a sales pitch. If you're in the medical industry, then you want to know the medical jargon associated with it in that language. So the list goes on. You have to figure out the lingo, the jargon that is used in that language. And by doing this, you are showing the other person with whom you're communicating from another culture, different language, right, that you are leveling the playing field. In other words, you don't just expect them to be able to speak your language fluently and perfectly and, you know, flawlessly. You're also motioning to them that you want to participate in this on equal turf now you might be saying well their level of the language we're communicating in is so much higher than my proficiency that's okay i still would recommend that you put yourself out there you take risks and with the language and you learn some key phrases It'll immediately make the interlocutor see you differently and more open-minded and more culturally aware, and it creates a positive atmosphere that's conducive to effective communication. So, of course, the phrases you learn are based on your needs, and they're contingent upon the industry that you're in, right? So, if you're in tech, then it would not make sense to learn the medical jargon unless you're in med tech, right? So that is what we're going for here. And ultimately, you're making an effort to be on the same page as they. It sets a really good precedent for current communication that you're having and then future interactions with this person. Strategy two, paying attention to nonverbals. Now this is tied to the sociocultural aspect of language. So both the linguistic component, but also the paralinguistic component or the non-linguistic component, which is body language and nonverbals. So for example, in that language that you're communicating in, does that culture bow? Do they shake hands? Do they hug? Do they do some sort of other nonverbal greeting? So you have to educate yourself as to what those greetings are. Not all body language is universal, meaning a gesture, let's say a hand gesture in your native language, native culture might mean one thing. Completely innocuous and positive, and then be something entirely different in another language. So, this is one that you really do need to be mindful of because you might be used to doing something or expressing yourself using your hands in some way that is inappropriate in another culture. So, for this, you can do a simple Google search or you can ask the people with whom you're interacting if it's culturally appropriate. And you could say, you know, in American English, American culture, this means this. Is that the same in your language, in your culture? And by doing so, you're showing curiosity and you're showing that you want to nurture your cultural awareness and learn about where they come from and what's important to them. So be aware of what nonverbals are in that language and how they are interpreted. So you'll want to do your research ahead of time. And some people are just oblivious to the fact that certain hand gestures or other expressions are not universal across every culture in the world, right? But if you've ever been in a situation where you do something and it's not the way you intended it to be, then you probably know this right sometimes it just takes practice and having lived through that and experiencing it and again there's nothing wrong with facing that communication breakdown but we are all about figuring out ways to mitigate the aftermath and the effects of that communication on you and on the people with whom you're interacting so whether that be you know remedying the situation or just preventing it in the future And this comes with time and practice and doing the research. Strategy number three, phonetic awareness and phonemic awareness. Now this has to do with tone of voice, inflection patterns, emphasis, pronunciation, and sounds. So for tones, you want to pay attention to your tones. And let's just talk about tonal languages for a second. So tonal languages such as Mandarin, Cantonese, Vietnamese, Thai to name a few. And then a non-tonal language would be English, right? So, in the tonal languages, you have to be aware that a change in a tone can alter the meaning of the word completely. So, there are certain tones that are what you had intended to say, and there are other tones that you incorrectly place on the word that is a entirely different word. So, if you're communicating in a tonal language coming from a non-tonal language background, meaning your L1, your first language is, let's say, English, non-tonal, then you have to be aware that a slight shift in your tone could mean a word that you had not intended to use. And again, before diving into this cross-cultural communication, you could say, look, I'm still learning Mandarin, so please, you know, forgive me if my tone is not there. It doesn't hurt to preface, you know, your communication, your interaction with these people beforehand so that you set their expectations at a certain level and they don't expect anything more than what you tell them that you're capable of right? Sounds. I want you also to pay attention to sounds. So in linguistics, we talk about phonemes. Phonemes are the distinct units of sound, and they're also really important, and they can also alter the meaning of your word. For example, in English, we can talk about the difference between bat, B-A-T, and bad, B-A-D. So the change of the last phoneme there, T versus D, Changes the meaning entirely. Right? So, paying attention to phonemes is also very important in terms of figuring out different cultures and the different ways of navigating a culture and figuring out if you can prevent a communication breakdown or at least if it does happen, if it was a slip of the tongue between bat and bad, then you can self correct or at least have that self awareness to say, oh, I meant bat for example. And there's nothing wrong with self-correction. It is part of strategic competence within the communicative competence framework. And there's a video about that if you choose to learn more about communicative competence. I will link it in the description box below. And that's just in English, but there are other languages where it's the same exact thing, right? A phoneme in your L1, your first language, might be innocuous and appropriate whatever, but it will be completely different. It might even be construed as inappropriate in another language. So again, these come with time in terms of how you learn them, but just putting it out there and showing that you are still learning, but you're still making an effort and that you want to be corrected by the interlocutor, then you are playing smart. In other words, right? And the last part of the phonemic and phonetic awareness is prosody. Prosody is emphasis on words and in a sentence, but also intonation. The tone of voice can really make a difference. It can sometimes make or break the exchange between the interlocutors. So, take for example, let's say I say, What are you doing? Right? That's quite pleasant what are you doing? But what if I changed my tone a little bit and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Now, notice I put emphatic stress. What are you doing? And let's say you didn't even see my facial expressions. I'm furring my eyebrows and I have kind of a sour look on my face, right? Let's say you just heard that on the phone with lack of visual cues you would still find that to be a bit harsh. It's a little acrimonious as opposed to what are you doing? Right? So all we did there was change our prosody. So you have to be really mindful of this. So sometimes, you know, when navigating across cultures, you might be using prosody that is considered impolite or too direct. Whereas other times you might be overly saccharine, overly sweet. When it's not appropriate to be that way, right? So let's say you're in a hardball negotiation and you're being maybe too friendly or too sweet or too polite, then it might not achieve the outcome that you want, right? So prosody, as simple as prosody, can also make a huge difference in your communication. So let's quickly recap before we go. The problem that we're trying to solve The communication conundrum that we're trying to solve is a miscommunication in a cross cultural setting. And the way that we are solving this issue is using the three strategies about linguistic awareness, nonverbal awareness, and phonetic and phonemic awareness. We want to increase our awareness in these three categories. And by building awareness in these three areas, you will have a better understanding of the root cause of a miscommunication that happened in a cross-cultural setting, and with time and practice, you'll even be able to foresee a potential communication breakdown and prevent it from happening, which is awesome, right? But again, in the very beginning, when you're still learning a language, there will be moments where there's a communication breakdown and you have to do something about it. So instead of making matters worse and amplifying the issue, we address it using the strategies that we've given you here today in this lesson, and then also disarming the interlocutor that you've potentially offended through your communication, not intentionally, obviously, but still it was an offense nonetheless, and tell them, I'm so sorry. I'm still learning the language. I would really, really appreciate it if you could correct me. Or you could say ahead of time, just a heads up, I'm still learning this language. I really want to try to use some of the phrases that I've learned. So please feel free to correct me. I would actually really benefit from your correction. And sometimes we actually have to make that move and, and say, obviously taking accountability and just say, I would really like for you to correct me. Because unless you're a language teacher, you're not going to go out of your way to correct the person. I mean, you could probably think back to, to a time when you were interacting with somebody from a different language, a different culture, and you just didn't have the heart to correct them, right? You wouldn't want to offend them. But ultimately, if you're really serious about learning that language then you want to be corrected you want to have that corrective feedback from somebody who really knows the language well right otherwise how are you going to learn how will you get to the next level right so explorers i really i encourage you to learn as many languages as you can i myself speak three languages fluently and i'm learning more as time goes by and to to learn them really really well and to have proficiency in them And also to be aware of the cultural component because that is how you achieve communicative competence, right? So just be patient with yourself. There's always a learning curve associated with adopting any new skill or learning any new skill. And I just really want you to keep that in mind. So I hope that this was inspiring and comforting to you to know that even in a situation where there's a miscommunication due to some cross-cultural misunderstanding on your part, on your interlocutor's part, then you can still, you know, salvage that relationship or business relationship or even that specific exchange, right? By doing these three strategies. All right, Experners, that's a wrap on this video. I hope that you enjoyed today's lesson. Give it a like and share it with a friend who needs it and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done so already you know where to find us i'll see you in the next video happy exploring